Hey folks, it's your trusty HS1T coming to you live. Uh, it's been a it's been a while. It's been a second coming back from my one year suspension for playing music on the podcast, and I just my one year self suspension because I'm a fucking retard. And then six months after that, decided not to continue it on because I'm not a disciplined and dedicated person. But I'm bringing it back, doing it again, seeing what I can do, and that's about it. So. Circumstances have changed to where I need to kind of not necessarily vent, but just kind of do this as weekly as possible uh, that I can. Um, learning from my past mistakes, doing my old thing, but here it is, Park Dukes, SH1T coming to you live. First thing I want to be done is to get that piece of crap out of my ring. Don't just get him out of the ring, get him out of the WWF. Because I prove, son, without a shadow of a doubt, you ain't got what it takes anymore. You sit there and you thump your Bible and you say your prayers and it didn't get you anywhere. Talk about your Psalms, talk about John 3.16. Austin 3.16 says I just whipped your ass. All he's got to do is go buy him a cheap bottle of Thunderbird and try to dig back some of that courage he had in his pride. As the king of the ring, I'm serving notice to every one of the WWF superstars. I don't give a damn what they are. They're all on the list, and that's Stone Cold's list, and I'm fixing to start running through all of them. As far as this championship match is considered, son, I don't give a damn if it's Davey Boy Smith or Shawn Michaels. Steve Austin's time has come. And when I get the shot, you're looking at the next WWF champion. And that's the bottom line, because Stone Cold said so. get to it it's been a second be a while whatever the case is but here we go with your layman's legal opinions on the supreme court uh it's going back to 2022 obviously uh one through five technically one through six because they dismissed uh or they submitted opinion that just dismissed one of the cases uh they should not have listened to it but let's lead off with it ariando versus mcdonough mcdonough whatever the case is this was a va request so a guy in 1981 claimed uh, that he had got PTSD from working on an aircraft carrier. That in and of itself is bullshit for VA. You can basically claim anything and get a VA, whatever, doesn't matter, blah, so on and so forth. Um, the rules are too strict. It, it comes to the point where you just kind of, if you serve 20 years, claim 50%, get that extra money. It's a big drain on the economic situation of the military and the United States in general not sustainable but neither here nor there uh, the course the, the court basically uh, the guy submitted a claim late I, I don't know if it was within or without it within or uh, the year that was required but he was trying to argue that it should have went back to 
the day after. He should have been paid. So when he made his claim, the VA said, yes, your claim is good. We're going to give you X amount of percentage. And he was trying to claim that, oh, you should give me X amount of percentage on the day after I left the military, not when I filed my claim. Supreme Court basically said that, uh, no, it's when you submit your claim, not the day after you go to the military. I agree with their decision. It was 9-0 uh, to do that. Be a big boy, be an adult, uh, submit your claims. Uh, the next one was Cruz v. Arizona. Um, so Mr. Cruz had killed a state police officer in 2005. During the course of his case, uh, he was found guilty, so on and so forth. And during the sentencing phase, uh, he, uh, he says that he should have been able to tell the jury that if they would have given him life, uh, he would have, it would have been without the possibility of parole. But because he was not able to do that, um, the, his sentence was not good or whatever the case is or wasn't properly considered. So he was sentenced to death um, in, at the end of his court case. And this made its way all the way up. Uh, it was a split decision, 5-4. I disagree with their decision. Most of the lefties uh, on the Supreme Court uh, went that way. Well, it's not really lefties, right? So it's 3-3-3. Three, three, and three. It's three lefties, three righties, and then three centers. So most of the center people went with Mr. Cruz here, the murderer of a state police officer, and uh, said yes because the jury didn't have the information that if they would have given him life, it would have been without parole. That, he, uh, that was an improper sentence. So they kicked it back to Arizona to reconsider. Apparently there have been multiple things where Arizona was trying these new things and this really wasn't a controversy. It was just Arizona trying to get uh, get through. But uh, I don't know. I mean, that's that's a 50-50, but fuck him. Give him death. I don't give a fuck. Good old Eighth Amendment. Uh, next one was Helix Energy Solutions versus Hewitt. So this guy was a per diem worker on an oil rig. So those guys that go out a month, work on an oil rig, get paid per diem and come back. He argued that he should have been paid overtime. Um, okay. And then, so it's the fair, they enacted the Fair Label Standards Act. So even though he went out there, had an agreement that he's going to get paid per diem, he did all this whole, this, all these other things. For some reason, he filed a, a suit and said that he needs to get uh, overtime pay, which would be a lot of money and the mere fact that he's held out there for 24 hours for 24 hours a day for 28 days that's a lot of overtime so he was paid about a thousand thousand bucks an hour or not an hour sorry thousand bucks a day to be out there um month on month off and he claimed overtime and they agreed with him so um usually justice thomas the guy that i agree with a lot supported this decision I disagree with it. He was 6-3, supporting the guy that was trying to get overtime, which kind of throws a monkey wrench in. I mean, that's the whole magic word thing. Either the company in question has to go check a few more boxes, or it's like an unsustainable type oil rig thing. So, But I disagree with the 6-3 decision. I don't think, like, if you agree to be a per diem worker out on an oil rig for a thousand bucks a day, you don't get overtime. I'm sure it's not that simple, but that's kind of what I went with. Uh, Barton Werfer versus Buckley. So this is basically a uh, lady or a couple sold their sold a home in 2012. Um, there were obvious issues with the home. It was concealed, uh, considered fraud, whatever the case is. And then they filed bankruptcy. And they were trying to argue that the fraud, uh, 
the fraud issue should be dischargeable in bankruptcy. And that was the whole argument. Does bankruptcy allow someone to discharge a fraud ruling or fraud issue? And uh, I agree with the court's decision that no, it does not. So uh, fraud is fraud. Like you can't not pay fraud by like getting a fraud ruling against you and they just, ah, declare bankruptcy. Like if somebody says you owe $3 million in money because you did X, Y, and Z to a, you know, whatever, you can't just say, all right, bankruptcy. So if there's a court, a judgment against you, or like say for instance, uh, I don't know if it goes to child support or whatever the case is, but um, yeah, if you get some fraud ruling against you, you just declare bankruptcy and then your 3 million is now reduced to whatever the amount is that you could pay back to do whatever. So I agree that you cannot discharge that ruling or whatever the case is via bankruptcy. And then last but not least, Bittner versus United States. Um, so some guy um, had over $10,000 in a couple of bank accounts that he had, and he went back stateside. He claims that he was unaware of the Bank Secrecy Act, which requires you to, if you have a bank account of greater than $10,000 and you're residing overseas, that you must file some paperwork that says, hey, I have this amount of money in this location, uh, saying X, Y, and Z. So the court or whatever government agency was trying to say that because the member had multiple bank accounts, this $10,000 violation of not reporting that information occurs that many times plus that many years. Um, which, let's say that you had over a five-year period, you have five bank accounts, instead of the, the fines being $10,000, it would be a quarter of a million dollars because you have five bank accounts over five years, so you just apply that whole thing. So I don't think, uh, I don't know, like, depends on the situation, I guess. But the Supreme Court ruled, and I agree, 5-4. Basically, this was like a split of all splits to say that, uh, no, it doesn't. And it got kicked back for further review to say, you know, look at it again. And then if uh, we'll review it, and then we'll, we'll decide whatever's going on. But if a guy goes overseas, doesn't file, the max charge is $10,000, not the amount of requirements plus the amount of years. So, yep. That's your first five in 2022. Look forward to keep doing this. There's more stuff to go along. Yeah. No, but it's a scary time, dude. It's a scary time to raise a kid. That's the only thing I'm worried about. It's a really scary time, you know? I think, I think they're getting ready to, like, microchip all of us. I'm not even joking, dude. Have you seen that new Duracell commercial where that woman can't find her kid in the park? You know? Dude, what kind of a fucked up way is that to sell batteries? It's a little hardcore, don't you think? Don't you remember the old battery commercials? They show some guy in a rainstorm, right? Changing a tire, takes out a flashlight. Oh, thank God, Aunt Duracell. I can see how wet I'm getting. That was it. Now they're showing this woman, she can't find her kid in the park. She's sitting there like, Kevin? Kevin? Has anybody seen Kevin? Sitting there freaking out, then she pulls out this device. And then all of a sudden, Kevin comes running out of the woods. And they're just like, Duracell batteries. It's like, dude, fuck the batteries. What was that thing she just took out of her pocket? How did Kevin know to come out of the woods? He didn't have an antenna. His sneakers weren't glowing. What the fuck is in Kevin that is connected to that? No, don't just show me that like that's normal. Oh, yeah, remote control kids. Hey, let's go see mommy. Dude, that is some creepy New World Order shit. 
Evidently, it's a bracelet, and they just put the microchip in there. But that's how they're gonna do it. They're gonna scare the shit out of you that someone's gonna take your kid. Ah, it's just a bracelet. But what if they take the bracelet? Oh, we'll just glue it to the forehead. Ah, we'll just sort of drill it in there. I'm telling you, whatever they're doing to dogs, they're gonna be doing to us in like 10 years, right? They got those six microchips with their balls cut off. I'm telling you. They're gonna have us on TV waiting to get rescued like some accountant looking all fucked up at the TV, right? That's what you're gonna hear in the future. That's gonna be the future. Dude, you hear about Eddie? Ah, oh, they turned his chip off, man! Dude, the guy's fucked! He is fucked! He made one little joke about the government. Next thing you know, he had to buy a round. His head wouldn't go through. They kept scanning it, nothing. He's outside screaming up at a satellite. Oh, turn it back on. They're not turning it back on. The dude's fucked. The dude is fucked. Dude, I ain't standing next to him. They're gonna shut my chip off. I don't even know that guy. All right, let's catch up on some sports, shall we? It's all fun and games until somebody gets hurt. Heading over to good old ESPN because they fucking suck. Anyway, let's start with the Major League of Baseballs that nobody gives a fuck about. Baltimore leading the AL East, two and a half up over the Rays, who started off great this season uh, and then kind of teetered off. Baltimore, probably like the second or third team that I care about because I've been to Canada Yards. So many times. They're 76 and 47. They've won their last two. Uh, Got to get a shot to get in. In the Central, 64 and 60. The worst uh, division, obviously, in the AL. Uh, Minnesota has a five-game lead over the uh, 59 and 65 Cleveland Indians. Go fuck yourself. Uh, they lost their last one. and They're the only one that has a positive run differential. They'll be the three-seed. Going into the playoffs, I don't see any of those teams catch them. Uh, White Sox, Detroit, Cleveland, Kansas. Maybe Cleveland will. I don't know. Maybe they'll put something together. And in the West, from worst to first from last year, the good old Texas Rangers dropped their last three. So uh, lost two to Milwaukee and then lost the uh, rubber match against the Angels. 72-51, and 51, uh, two and a half over Houston, who was the uh, basically dominator of the AL West. Seattle. Uh, playing a series with Houston has taken two out of the last uh, or took the first two of that series. I'm not sure if they're playing a three-game or four-game set, but that's good for uh, Texas as Houston stays two and a half back. Uh, so if they went the other way around, Houston would be a half game back. So Seattle Seattle doing work for us. Greatly appreciated. Angels, extremely disappointing. Uh, they stu stood pat with Otani, and they have been trash since then. Uh, they lost their last one. They got crushed uh, by their last opponent. They're four and six in their last ten. Um, Angels kind of out of it. Uh, in the East, Atlanta keeping, well, basically wins the NL East. Uh, they are 13 and a half up with about 40-some-odd to play. Uh, that's, that's good enough for government work. Uh, the Phillies, uh, Marlins, uh, both, what is it, wild card teams going in. Mets having a disappointing season. They sold both their two aces, uh, Verlander and Scherzer. Scherzer went to the Rangers, Verlander to uh, Houston, and uh, Mets kind of gave up. They're 23 back of Atlanta, and then Washington has not been anything. And the team we're currently playing, NL Central Brewers, have taken the last two from the Rangers. They have a three-game lead over the Cubs or the Reds, depending on who you ask. Uh, right now it's currently the Cubs because they've played two less games. Then the Reds, Cubs have the biggest run differential there, so that's 
that definitely division is still up in question, but just three running it, Brewers, Cubs, and Reds. And in the West, it's the Dodgers. They are beating the shit out of everybody. They got a 12-game lead over the Giants, the Padres having a disappointing season at 59 and 66. They really really didn't sell either with all their massive lineup. They have a run differential of 57 positive, but they are seven games under 500. But they're behind Arizona and the Giants. Colorado having a dog shit season, as is the Oakland A's and the Kansas City Royals. All trash. So, uh, And the wild card currently lines up Tampa, Houston, Seattle. Seattle has a half-game lead over the Blue Jays. Boston's still in it, and that's kind of it. Uh, you can't really can't really count the Angels or the Yankees in at eight games back. Uh, so basically Boston, Toronto, and Seattle vying for that number six seed. Doing that, and then in, on the NL, it's Philadelphia, San Francisco, and the Cubs. Cincinnati tied with them, but Chicago currently has a tiebreaker. Uh, they're basically even. And then a half game back is Miami and Arizona. San Diego, five and a half back. You still count them in. The Mets, not really. San Diego, really not really either. It's kind of Arizona's the eight. Miami's the, sorry. Uh, Arizona's a nine. Miami's the eight. Cincinnati's a seven. The Cubs are the six right now. So Chicago would play the Braves, I think it is. Uh, San Francisco would play the Dodgers. Philly would play the, whoever the NL person is. And then Seattle would play uh, the three seed, which is the Twins. They actually have a shot there. And then Houston would play Tampa in the four or five. So, oh, sorry, San, San Francisco would play Philly. And then the Cubs would play whoever the NL team is. Who knows? I fucked that up. Anyways, that's Major League of Baseballs. Uh, Stuttgart won the Bundesliga 5-0 against the whatever, so they're leading the Bundesliga. Good for them. Uh, NCAA footballs. Um, A&M is 24. I'll run through the, well, let's, let's just go with the schedule here. A&M has a very, very favorable schedule. Uh, a lot of home games, and we'll see how it goes. They're ranked 24th, and they, uh, you know, what's good about what's going on in uh, college football is that the Big 12, well, what's bad for A&M is that Texas has now joined them, so they're not going to be a secondary recruiter. Uh, this was the la or last year was the last year they're going to be have an advantage in recruiting. That's over as Texas joins the the SEC. So uh, Oklahoma's going to crush them, uh, maybe not so much, but Texas is definitely going to crush A and M. A and M's going to go back to sister school status, uh, getting one every eight year win versus Texas and coming up, and they just have zero chance of winning a national title anymore because they have the likes of LSU and Alabama and the SEC West. So they play New Mexico. Uh, they travel to Miami. They got Louisiana Monroe at home. Auburn uh, opener in the SEC. And then they're going to play the neutral game against Arkansas. And then they get home against Alabama. They travel to Tennessee, home against South Carolina. They're going to be at Mississippi, home against Mississippi State. They play Alcorn State, I think it is. Or who the fuck is that? Coastal? Coastal? Abilene Christian. Jesus Christ. They should fucking crush that team. Abilene Christian. Oh, man. Before thing, and then the last year that they don't play Texas in the Thanksgiving game, they're going to travel to LSU on the old 25th. So this is an 8-4 and record-ish, you would say, off the top of your head. They have a opportunity to do that. Uh, Jimbo Fisher, not really on the hot seat, but very disappointing for A&M's uh, prospects. 
coming into that. So college football turning into like semi-professional league stuff. They're just the secondary, what is it? The secondary uh, league to the NFL. Like the USFL can't do that. XFL can't do that. Uh, college football is that, is that, is that boy. So Iowa makes a top 25, Tulane at 24, A&M at 23. I thought it was some other team, but who knows. Ole Miss at 22, North Carolina at 21, Oklahoma at 20. That's low for them. Wisconsin at 19, Oregon State at 19. I think they got uh, left out of the Pac-12, fucking shuffle. Who knows? TCU at 17, Kansas State at 16, Oregon at 15, Utah at 14, the new addition to the Big 12. Uh, Notre Dame at 13, Tennessee at 12, Texas at 11, Washington at 10. I think they joined the Big 10 now. Clemson in the ACC trying to get out, as is Florida State at 9 and 8. They are locked into that division until like 2030-something. So bad for the ACC, as they're looking as the fourth premier conference right now. Pac-12 in shambles. USC at 6. They'll be joining the Big 10 as well next year. LSU at 5, Alabama Ohio State, Michigan, and Georgia. So it's looking like it's Big Ten, SEC, all the way. Uh, F1 versus Dappens, crushing it. Uh, already talked about baseball. NFL has not started yet. Uh, so there you go. That's Busy Sports. Look at your shorts. And action. Well, every morning, well, let me put it this way, at least four mornings a week. Sorry, cut. We have to cut. I've written extensively as a, when I was a law professor. Okay, you know what? No, nope. cut. Our, in our, our administration, the financial collapse, the jobs they lost, and how they never got back to where they needed to be. Okay, you know, Are cut. you kidding me? We organized the world. Um, but, uh, um, you know, uh, uh, what's going, what, look, the only thing I know something about is the vice presidency. Come on, cut. This noise is I think over 130 or 40 million people. This, this is bullshit. Instead of having in the in minority communities, I'm making the number up. If the president had just acted earlier when some of us said he should be acting, things that are out there, that, that people, I'm sorry, didn't turn off. They put in money for providing for the ability to have the federal government pay for Cut. Columbia uh, University and they're, they're, they're at the... You know what, f*** it. He's standing his hands up. He says, why me, God? You pig, f***. What are we doing? I, I just do not understand. Yesterday or, uh, or uh, um, I can't remember, maybe it was the day before. God, I still have him. He was my soul. Hunter is my heart. Are you kidding me? Okay, come on, no. Pandemic. All right. Let's get into some news, because that's always fun. You know what I mean? Who doesn't need me for news? Obviously, the biggest thing since I've been gone for fucking two and a half years is all the Biden corruption stuff. That's that's fun. Uh, this guy has run a criminal enterprise for two and a half years, and depending on who you ask, if you ask me or the guys on the right, and I'm not associating myself with a tiki torch right, uh, to say that these guys are yada 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 and so on and so forth yeah he should probably either 25th amendment him because he's senile and a fool or um rico is asked to doing trump in georgia uh, either one's fine with me 
but he needs to go. Um, I don't know how 2024 is shaping up, but uh, it's looking like it's going to be Trump-Biden or 2020 rehash again because Americans don't like to do anything new, which is kind of sad. Uh, if you ask me, uh, I know I understand I've sat with the diehard Trumps, and I get the diehard Trumps, and I understand it all, and I, like I said, I get it all, but if you ask me right now, I'm kind of a DeSantis guy when it comes to that whole thing, so uh, I know he's establishment. I know it's not good, but what he did in Florida and what he's done in Florida to turn a 1% or a one-point victory and a 19-point victory or 20-point victory. He's obviously mainstream, and he, 80% of the people, or four out of five, get it when it comes to DeSantis. So we'll see how it goes with the uh, debates that are coming up in the next week to see how that kind of runs, but should be good. Um, economic situation. <laughs> All right. We are fucked, guys. Um, I don't know why the stock market has not crashed yet. Um, that's probably the macro understanding that I don't get when it comes to economics. Uh, I haven't got a degree from there. If you didn't already know, um, I kind of get the, I, but my, it's micro, right? All you got to do is study basic supply, demand, uh, price and labor wages, and you, you get 80% of it. So I guess that's what the master's degrees are for is to, you know, ride that edge of the wave, uh, and take this as long as it's gotten. We have 32 build into 33 trillion dollars in debt we the united states government earns 2.4 trillion dollars in revenue and spends six trillion so uh, they've done that for the last two years since covid and please reach back to all the other covid stuff so this is a podcast you can trust this is a new segment you can trust this is a guy you can trust because i was right on covid the entire fucking time um all that bullshit you get from the mainstream media i would trust me over those fucktards any day of the week so get there and and go ahead and, no, SH1T, a source you can trust. Um, regardless, we're spending $3.5 trillion every year over budget. I don't get it. Uh, like, I, I kind of do get it. The, the, incenti- the incentives to make sure that everybody gets theirs, but still talk the big game where you're going to save money or do whatever. That's why uh, I, I don't understand the the uh, democracy angle that we have. We're, we're, we're a constitutional republic or we should be a republic where the states have say. Like, I don't, I don't get why senators are elected via popular vote and not by state legislatures as is instructed by the Constitution. All that other fun stuff, but that is what it is. Um, we're, we're careening down this road towards hyperinflation. You're feeling it now. Um, all, the, all the stupidity that these motherfuckers step out there and say, oh, we're doing great and everything's fine and yada, 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 and so on and so forth. We're at 3.4% and they're celebrating about that when they set the target rate at 2%. So that's, we're 150% over what we're supposed to be doing and they're celebrating that. That's how bad, and that, that's, and those are bullshit numbers because they're hiding all the energy costs and the rent costs and all that other fun stuff. Um, so that's how you know we're, we're in bad shape. And it's we're, we're overshooting expectations, and the Fed has raised rates to six point something or five point two five, whatever the case is. Should be double that. Should be at ten, eleven, twelve, um, which causes a lot of stress on the housing market. I myself, as a member that would like to buy a house right now, cannot because the rates are too goddamn high, and I would have to buy a tent in California uh, to pay the rates that would be there, which is insane. So you can't even you can't even buy a house. Now, unless you're just extremely rich or you're one of the big investment firms that kind of kind of run that stuff up, 
So it's it's getting bad, and I guess it's going to be 2008 times 11, right? Just like 9-11 times 11. It's just going to be up there. going to be very, very bad. Uh, not good at all. It's just a matter of time when it happens. Um, and the matter of fact that uh, other sovereign nations are now cha- challenging the uh, reserve currency status of the dollar, that would make it even worse. And that's what I think is the only reason why we can continue to play this game that we play, spending twice as much as we earn, because um, no household would ever be able to do that. So why the United States is allowed to do that is because we hold reserve currency status and multiple agencies are challenging us. But, I mean, everybody's been lying to themselves. So even your, the thoughts of who is the most competitive uh, country when it comes to fiat currencies, uh, China being the f- ultimate like f- first thing to point at, but they're having massive issues with their retail or uh, their housing market as well because they built up all these cities and they made people invest and nobody lives there and nobody pays. And that's where all retirement went and all that's collapsing. They just uh, had a just shy of a half trillion dollar company uh, declare bankruptcy in the, uh, I, I think it was either the stock exchange or the United States, one of the two that happened last week. So it's not, it's not looking good. Dominoes are, dominoes are tumbling. Had the bank crisis a couple months ago. So, uh, and the Fed promised just to keep printing money, which just means hyperinflation. So, uh, there's my economic rant. Uh, Maui. Maui burned up. I love all the conspiracy theory stuff that's going on about Chinese lasers or somebody started a fire or the billionaires conspired and did whatever to, to do that. Just a terrible tragedy over there in Maui. Um... But it is kind of fucking, what is it, sad that uh, investment companies would call these families like three seconds after the fact that they uh, lost their stuff and they want to do their uh, investments to, to get in there and try to do their stuff. Maui will become a invest. it'll become an Epstein Island 2.0. It'll just be a bunch of Oprah rich people hanging out and doing their thing, having a good time because there's no way that the families are going to be able to rebuild with all the... I don't know what insurance company is going to cover that. I don't know who is going to do whatever to do that. But these big investment firms are going to, going to, going to take that Maui thing and let it run. That's going to be in five to ten years. It's just going to be, if you're rich, you have a private location in Maui and none of the scrubs except for the, you know, we little people are doing that whole thing uh, and coming to get you. So, I don't know. I mean, that kind of covers the topics of, uh, of news. I'm a DeSantis guy, so go ahead and turn the podcast off now. Uh, Trump should not be under Rico. And then, uh, yeah, Michael Orr on the blind side. That's fucking stupid. So, all right, bros. Well, that was that was my uh, welcome back to news. And here I am, so. Avita Zane. Book review, Empire 
Empire of the Summer Moon. What a fucking fantastic book. Uh, 9 out of 10. Maybe a 10 out of 10 if you're from Texas. Uh, Empire of the Summer Moon, Quanta Parker, and the Rise and Fall of the Comanches, the most powerful Indian tribe in, the, in American history. Uh, what I really liked about this fantastic book is um, that I could, anytime there was an association with the area or location, I could do a lot of like travel up San Saba, whatever, the Brazos River, uh, San, like modern day San Saba, you know, Amarillo, Dallas, San Angelo, all that shit where I used to live. Um, so I could, uh, Oklahoma, Colorado, all that fun stuff. I could like, oh, okay, I know where that kind of is. Or I know what that landscape kind of looks like, and it made the book that much better. Now, the book basically goes into the uh, empire of the Comanches and who they were and what they did and how awesome they were um, up, up into the point and how unawesome they were at the same time. Uh, kind of dispels the romanticism about the Native American uh, they were vicious and brutal, just like we, the white man, the quote-unquote white man, uh, was. It was just a battle of technology versus tradition, right? It's essentially what it boiled down to in the West and the and the conquering of uh, of the of the Comanches and the and the tribes and the Native Americans in general. Um, they were the Spanish couldn't do it. Uh, the Mexicans couldn't do it. Uh, the Mexicans actually instituted a policy to said, "Hey, uh, we'll sell the." You can have all this land in Texas, and they were just a template, basically creating a buffer zone between uh, them and uh, the Comanches, because the Comanches could raid and, and uh, basically traipse unfathomable, unfathomable distances um, with the horse, and it just was not understood at the time. Uh, they were the world's most elite cavalry until about 1870, uh, when uh, Mackenzie, fantastic story and fantastic background on that. Uh, basically, uh, basically uh, took them out from the south, but with help uh, from all, uh, um, you know, units and regiments and all that other fun stuff. The only thing I wish they would have went into was the Battle of Little, Little Bighorn, because um, they kind of talk about it, uh, how uh, Custer versus McKenzie, and who was good and who wasn't not, and, you know, their, their polar opposites, and then how Custer got really lucky because Little Bighorn could have could have occurred eight years prior, but they they kind of got lucky, as did a bunch of uh, Americans, like because the uh, Comanches weren't really uh, finish and fight or siege warfare types. They were just basically strafe guerrilla. They were guerrilla warfare types, and uh, eventually the um, their mar their ability and the world's finest cavalry was defeated by technology in the sense that it was the repeating rifle and the six shooter that basically brought an end to the Comanches. And then it goes and uh, it tells a story about uh, uh, Quanah Parker, um, and uh, I think it's Cynthia Ann Parker uh, was his mother, and she was somebody that was on the Western Front in Texas, and there was a Comanche raid. She was captured. goes into detail about what might, might or might not have happened and the brutality of everything that went on, and then uh, she's captured, and then she becomes, uh, you know, one of the wives of one of the great chiefs and then uh the, Quanah parker is his son and he's born into that uh, and then there was a raid uh, Quanah parker escaped cynthia ann did not um and then basically Quanah leads the comanches for another 20 some odd years and then how he was able to uh, he eventually uh, surrendered went on the reservations and he was able to you know wheel and deal and make a name for himself and was one of the few uh, native americans that actually succeeded in the new system uh, that was created for them because they weren't farmers they weren't uh, dil dilettantes like uh, like we are 
and you know busy bees they were more out with nature seeing the skies running about and that just wasn't what it was about and they kept getting pushed and taken and, and so on and so forth but you can't really feel sorry for them it was a it was a well-read book because it was back and forth between you know the, the whiteies was evil native americans were evil it was just technology versus tradition highly recommend uh, a read it's fantastic Children of tomorrow 
look at it from up here. You get an appreciation of our world is a beautiful place and we do need to take care of it.